everybody. This is uh, Shane Douglas Keene, and I am here with my partners in crime, Laurel, Laurel Duncan Hightower. <laughs> Laurel Hightower and Duncan. Um, and tonight we are talking with a favorite person of all of ours, and I know at least three of you love this guy, too. So um, He has been published multiple times by Down and Out Books, and anybody who's read Down and Out Books stuff uh, like Angel Luis Colon and guys like that um, knows that that's a big, big, big plus in his favor right out the gate because they don't make bad choices. Um, and his name is Bo Johnson. Uh, Bo? Hello, I'm right here. How are you, man? Good. How, how are you? Nice, nice to uh, hear your voice. Yeah, yeah, I know. We're totally faking this shit. We've been talking for five minutes, people, but um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree. We have been. Yes. <laughs> so uh, give us the the new inmate on the cell blocks feel, Bo. Tell our listeners about you. Oh, about me? Well, I'm uh, I'm Canadian. I'm approaching fifty. I have three kids, a beautiful wife, and I like to write. We also have a dinner cruise business up here in, in Canada, which oh. we, uh, COVID uh, hit us pretty hard, so we couldn't really operate last year at full capacity. Yeah. We usually have 60 people on each boat. We have three boats, and we could only operate one boat with 24 people, and they couldn't come inside the boat. <laughs> very, <laughs> very, very odd. Yeah. Yes. Well, good. You, you answered a question we all had burning hole in our brains there. Laurel can cover that. Oh yes. Well, yeah, yeah. We were just the Rich was asking about the location of Bo's book nook, and I was explaining about the boat farm, but I think I was screwing it up royally. So we thought we would ask the person who actually knows. Sure. So well, it's on our property here, uh, and it's just we have three boats where the boats are in the water up the hill. There's something we call the landing, where we uh, check the people in, and we have a little music show and like a craft shop where Bo's book nook is. So uh, it's about uh, an hour away from Toronto. Hmm. Um. It sounds to me like you kind of, kind of just really uh, love life, don't you, Bo? Well, I've been very fortunate. Yes, I, <laughs> I agree. I do love life. Yeah. And and that's a thing about you. Um. That I know everybody in the community who knows me and Rich and everybody knows this about you too. And that is that you are Bo's book nook. You are a passionate, passionate champion of. Um, I, I would say darkness in general, anything that's dark and well-written and, um, maybe a little bit mean, uh, you're right there championing it, championing it if it's good and people listen to you. So what you're doing is, you know, kind of heroic, buddy. Well, well, it's not heroic actually, <laughs> but, but, but it's not, it's, it's just, it's a lot of, when I first started out, a lot of people, uh, I was very green and like they helped me. So I just uh, wanted to pay it forward and, and give back. So I started, if you have a second, it's just, it started with these uh, pictures I took of people's books and then I just posted them out there and people liked them, which led to uh, the Bose book nook. Uh, I sold my book there in the summer of uh, 2018 and we sold quite a few books. And so me and my uh, wife were talking uh, in the off season and we're always looking for ways to generate uh, more revenue. And we came with the idea, what if we contacted my publisher, started a little book nook or a library? And that's the genesis of Bo's book nook. But then what happened 
is I did it and we didn't sell any books. So <laughs> I said, well, what if I made a video and told people a little bit? Lo and behold, we started selling books. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that's I'd, I would be interested to know how you ended up getting started in crime. Like, I, you know, I, I you're very active on Twitter and everything. So I, I kind of know about your 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 present iterations, but I don't know how you got started on all this. Uh, like writing in general? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I you mean crime or writing crime? Yeah. When, when you started committing <laughs> crime and then writing about it. Then, well, yeah. yes. When did you get your first wood chipper, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, wish, I wish I did have one, but no, I don't. Um, well, I, I've always said I've always liked to write, but then, you know, I wrote in my – I fell in love with Stephen King. That was my uh, starting point. I bought my brother a book. For his 13th birthday, Misery, and he didn't read it. So me being me, said, fuck it, I'm going to read it. And I've been hooked ever since. Right on. And uh, I think I wrote till I was about 19 or 20, and then I found alcohol. I found my friends. I found women. I found bars. And then I found my wife. And then I had my kids. So I didn't really get back to it till uh, my youngest was two. So that was uh, 12 years ago. And then uh, about a year after that, I got my first published story paid. And then... I want to say four years after that, I had a deal with Double Life Press, but then they went belly up, and I'm like, well, that's it. My shot is gone. But then uh, my manuscript ended up on Eric Campbell's table for Down and Out Books, and nine months later, he contacted me and said, let's let's do a collection. I'm like, I'm in. Um, smart man. Yeah. I had to read the uh, the email three times anyways to believe it, but it was nice. <laughs> Um, I I know that feeling is still fairly fresh in my life when somebody actually said, hey, I want to publish these poems. What? Yeah, no, I I know that feeling. Yes, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, especially if you, I mean, that's kind of, you know, that's so heartbreaking when you get what you can, you know, what you feel like is maybe your only shot. And it's something that's totally outside of your control. You know, the, the bottom goes out of it. That's, I mean, that's pretty heartbreaking. Um, it was, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So I always, I mean, I, not that I ever like that that happens to anyone, but I, I think that those kinds of things are helpful for newer writers to know, um, you know, that no one ever has just one shot. Really. Yeah. That yeah, is like I would not, the journey I've been on, I would not trade it. It had to be part of it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so how did you, was, if you, I, I'm, um, I'm going to. Make it I don't think like I a... answered your question really. You oh yeah. How I got into crime. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, it was always like, like I said, Stephen King, time travel, monster of the week, and then I, I stumbled across uh, Out of the Gutter Online and Shotgun Honey, and I don't know if you ever heard of this guy named Matthew C. Funk, and I started reading his stuff, and I was just, I was, I was enamored with it. It was insane, and then it led me to doors of crime fiction, and then I seemed to find my own voice more than, say, a time travel or a monster of the week. I seemed to. That was how Bishop Ryder was born anyways. Oh, that's awesome. So so that was he was sort of your your gateway into it. He was like mm-hmm. your first, you know, character that you started working with on that. Oh, Bishop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was always uh, like a recurring character. Yes. And I, I didn't know I had uh, really a recurring character, even though I'd ri- written about four or five stories. And then I'm like, wait a minute. I think I have something with legs here. I just do it, I think, different than other people. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> I would agree I with that. See, I can yeah. see how uh, Matthew Funk might have been somebody to kind of lead you along that path, too. Um, he has, like, 
three or four collections of really, really dark noir. Um, and not saying that I can see his voice or his influence in your work, but I can see how you might have read his. Hello? 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 I can hear you now. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Shane just cut out there at the end. Oh, okay. Shane, what was the last thing you said? I still don't have him. I don't either. I don't think. Rich, are you there? No. Yeah, I'm here. I, I don't hear him. I'll uh, shoot him a thing on Discord just in case. Sure. I thought it was my... Sometimes we have shoddy internet up here in, uh, in the Great White North. What about now? Yeah, yeah. there yep. you are. I can hear okay. you now. Okay. So I don't know what the hell just happened there. I just turned my switch off and back on, and here I am again. <laughs> so, I was talking about Matthew Funk. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a collection of, I don't know where you, I cut off at, but a collection of, uh, four, four, four dark, dark, dark noir, noir stories, you know, or rather four collections of, God, I got myself flustered. Cause it's like, you're going, you there, you there. And I'm going, fuck yeah, I'm here. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I could see how he could be someone who would, who would lure you in that direction a little bit. His work is um, just a kick in the ass. I wish he would uh, come back. Yeah, I think he's, he's yeah. left writing. He hasn't uh, written lately, but I haven't read any of those four you talked about, but at Shotgun Honey, he has about 27 or 30 stories there that are just yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, he's he's a talented dude, but I think you're right. I think his last foray was like in 2018 or something. Hmm. But the point was just that, yeah, I can see um, how he would be a, be someone who would draw you to the type of uh, darkness that you write. Because, uh, I mean, honestly, Bishop Ryder is a twisted motherfucker, but he's yeah. really... <laughs> but I, what? Yeah, some people don't realize that like he's the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's a murderer, yes. Yeah, but I love him. <laughs> yeah. Same. And um, one thing that, uh, Bo, you kind of touched on, you know, with Bishop Ryder, is you said you kind of go about it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And that this was uh, all of them. The Burn was like my first book that I had read. And I thought that that kind of approach of telling Bishop Ryder's stories through like a bunch of short stories was a really unique approach. And especially for someone who was new. Like, I still felt like I was able to get that backstory, like, like that I was kind of plopped right into it. And, um, you know, I didn't read the other ones, but I still got that background. And I was just wondering, you know, how, like, what the process is for you to kind of keep his narrative kind of, you know, fluid through a bunch of short stories. Like, I'm not sure what the time frame was between all of the Bishop Ryder stories, but kind of weaving that thread through there. Yeah, it's 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 a weeding for sure. Because you know what, I like to make it hard on myself. I always say, because I, I didn't realize what I was when I when I said those four or five stories that I had written, and I realized I had a recurring character. I wrote a couple when he was young, and then I wrote one when he was like 60. So I have about 40 years of, of playtime in there, but then. I, I would flip-flop back and forth between the timelines. So about, I would say, the middle of uh, my second book, I had to... I'm, I'm a pantser by nature. 
So I had to I had to put some plot points, and I I end up taking half of his leg off, and I'm said, okay, that's the middle of his life. So everything <laughs> post leg is here, and everything pre leg is here. Yes. <laughs> I love the bar. I mean, it's literally if you if you lay that sucker horizontal, it's a bar. <laughs> Well, and then and I, uh, in at the end of all, then the burn, I actually uh, he he dies. But I have I have wiggle room, so that's how brand new dark, the new book that's coming out in July happens. It's it's in between the timelines. Awesome. Uh, I love that because because I do think, and it's I was kind of like you know perusing some of your old interviews uh, today, and one line that you used that I thought was so descriptive of your style is get in and get out, but never waste a word. And oh yes. Mm-hmm. I just think that's so effective with all of this because, and again, telling Bishop's story in, you know, a lot of flash fiction and short fiction just means, yeah, you're, oh shit, his leg's gone. When the fuck did that happen? Oh, okay. Well, I kind of want to know what happened there, but this guy's in a vice, so I better concentrate here. So it's just, yeah. <laughs> well, that's why I had to go into at the beginning of, I think, the second book and the beginning of All of Them to Burn. I give a little preface just to give you like something to go with what happened before, right? Yeah. It's just, it's, I mean, it is so, it is so effective though, because really there is, there's no waste in anything. And I, I really enjoyed in all of them to burn. I liked the, the like sort of back and forth, you know, with the Bishop Rider stuff and then some of the standalone stuff. And um, there's just a lot of, I mean, it's just like a fucking torpedo, like just immediately into it, you know? Well, thank you. I, I would say I'm a minimalist, but yeah, I don't know how to do the boring parts. Well, I say, so I don't write the boring parts. <laughs> 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 so you're so you're a you know advice up and coming writers would be like oh yeah don't do that it's terrible sorry no no no, better. no. <laughs> i can't say that i just I'm, I'm a different i'm a different uh breed i say i'm unique i guess yeah yeah but i mean that's that's that is a really good uh that's a really good way to just sort of already be because that you know that was another one of my questions is whether you had any background in it whether you had taken you know creative writing or, or done any of that stuff or you just launched to it and that's how you were yeah, I think that's just just how I just how I am. Like it is if you go back like anybody like you as a writer too, you go back to the stuff that you wrote, say I wrote 12 years ago and I'm like okay, I can see a little bit of my voice there, but that is a whole different person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just you, you grow and you hopefully you get better, you know? And I've always said if I can't entertain myself, uh, what am I doing here, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the first person you have to impress. Yeah. Uh, we do. We get. We always have uh, at least one awkward silence. You know, sometimes several. So I mean, don't, <laughs> don't feel too uncomfortable about that. It doesn't mean we don't love you. Oh, that's, that's no problem. No problem. That's <laughs> so, actually because we're accidentally being polite and trying not to step on each other. But you know, you know what? That does happen too. Like, is it your turn? Is it your turn? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes one of us just goes, "Ah, oh, fuck it. I'm on a roll." I'm on a roll. <laughs> I have this. Other <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't think I said th- thanks for having me on uh, today. This is awesome. Ah, uh, uh, we're all on the well, like something <laughs> <laughs> like bows and bunch of a fun of blithering fans somewhere, and he kind of is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Too kind, you guys. Too kind. <laughs> yeah. Um, Shane, did you have something or, or yeah, Rich, sorry. Oh, no, that's a, no, that's okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dale. Oh, no, no, no. I insist. We really oh, do have to start you. doing video, so we have fucking 
visual cues. It's just yeah. like, I'd have to get dressed. But. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd have to put my teeth in. <laughs> I have a story uh, about teeth. Yeah. Um, I can't. I can't smoke weed on camera either. Really, I'd feel guilty about it. Then people would know I smoke weed. Oh, it's legal here. Yeah, here too. Good. Good. And this is Kentucky. We smoke everything. But I do need to go back to the story about the teeth. I can't just gloss over that. No, no, no. no I was just uh, my uncle uh, Joe. He got some some false teeth made. Uh, false teeth made, and you know they mold them. He went and picked them up, and he's like, "Oh, these teeth." They're so tight. And they gave him someone else's teeth. He's wearing someone else's teeth for like two days. Finally, you know, his wife says, well, I don't think they're supposed to bleed. So let's take them back. Right. (laughs) The other guy's going, "Um, what do you mean I get a discount because they're they're previously. (laughs) What do you mean it's an open box special? (laughs) Fuck. But, um, yeah, Bo, kind of uh, what you were saying about getting in and getting out and, like, doing short story things. Um, I know you've published a lot of stories with Shotgun Honey, which is kind of like a flash thing. Um, and I always used to listen to uh, Angel's podcast, The Bastard Title, and he would talk about his time as an editor there. And, like, what he feels, how he feels that, like, submitting stories there is, like, help sharpen your writing. Um, and I was just curious... You know, what are what are some pitfalls you would say for like people who are looking to get in the flash or like tips on how to, you know, tighten their stories? Well, I would. Yeah, I, I always said you got to get rid of passive voice. Like just you, you, you just got to be mm-hmm. throwing it on the page. I don't know how to, how to explain it any other way. And with flash, mm-hmm. uh, it's well, shotgun honey anyways is 700 words and it's very uh, tight word limit to 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 tell a, a cohesive story yeah it is uh and i'm always uh I, you know i try and run it to an ending it doesn't always work where you have this little punch at the end but it, it, i think it helps flash fiction if you have that little punch at the end it doesn't have to be an o henry or a or a, you know a gotcha moment right but it's just uh, something that punches and it just sets the whole thing off because it's only 700 words but uh that is the place to 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 to, to sharpen is is is, is right yeah, gosh, that's so 700 words is the limit? They don't even give you a yeah. thousand, huh? They don't even give you a thousand, no. <laughs> wow. It's it's tough, yeah. I think I've had uh, eight or nine published there. And, uh, yeah, I, I like that place. Now, I, once in a while, I think if you go over, like, 705, I don't think they're going to, you know, shit the bed. But I would keep it close to 700. Nice. Yeah, it's. I have to say it's one of those things that, like, the more, like, I kind of, hang out with crime writers and see what y'all are doing. I'm like, Oh, I kind of want to join over there. I might go try and poke over there a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think sometimes horror and crime go, go together. Like not always, but you know what? They, they complement each other, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was kind of, that was one of my questions for you too, was where you kind of, because uh, you know, a lot of what Bishop does is of course quite horrific. I mean, you could look at him as a serial killer. Yeah, um, he, oh, he is. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. I just like to think he's sort of a slightly more noble one, but uh, I, yeah, he he kills worse people, but he's still, yeah, he's the he's the bad dude, yeah. Yeah. 
So, I mean, where, where do you kind of see that line falling or do you think it just all, you know, can kind of be lumped either way? Say, say again. Uh, I was just where, where do you consider kind of the line on that between horror and crime or is it more just oh, like line. too much of a gray area? Um, Why? Well, I'm going to say, well, cause he has, there's no, I guess uh, horror for me would be like more like with supernatural or, unexplainable uh bishop is sort of grounded in like uh, rapists pedophiles you know uh so actual crimes right not saying there's not crime in uh horror but it's just there's there's no uh i guess boogeyman or he could be the boogeyman really so mm-hmm. maybe i'll just flip mm-hmm. it there yeah I really say, I, I would say there has to be uh whoever he bishop's going after has to be uh crime related anyways he has to make sure i know that but uh, but if they weren't, you gotta you gotta believe that somebody who's willing to live a lifestyle like this would just have to kill somebody anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he has his uh, inciting incident, and he's just chosen to to do this yeah. for the rest of his life. And I yeah. I could have I could have uh, I had this point in I think book two. I'm like, okay, I think I know the end of his life. Do I let him? kill for 40 years or do i let him go out in a blaze of go- uh, blaze of glory at age 50 and i chose to let him kill for 40 years um much more fun that way yes yeah. um i mean and in, anybody listening to us won't think it's twisted at all we just said that <laughs> <laughs> they're, all, they're, all, they're all going let's see who Poe johnson <laughs> let's see Hey, he's Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe you can write this vicious shit like this. I've, I've had that said to me before, yes. Yeah. And he's such a nice boy. <laughs> that too, yeah. We appreciate you being one of our emotional support Canadians, by the way. Your, yes. your, continu- your continued support is, is appreciated. No problem. We have our problems here in Canada, but oh my God. I just, I'm glad he's, I'm not going to even mention his name. I'm just glad mm-hmm. it's. Yeah. You guys are on a path yeah. now, a different path. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Today could have gone better, but, you know. I agree. Good. I agree. Yeah. It could have, but he can always slip in the shower. Don't worry about it, guys. <laughs> I, I hope he cries in the dirt. I do. <laughs> I have to say one of the funnier Twitter reactions of yours that I observed was when you, I mean, and I think you used the am writing hashtag. Like, yeah. and we're talking about some scene you were going to write and some guy like flipped out about what a sicko you were. Oh my, you know, goodness, and, and then, and then he was like, well, you should have, you should have made it clear that you were a writer. And you're like, that was, that was the am writing hashtag. I don't know how to make this <laughs> work. Like, what do you do? <laughs> that was that guy I got pissed at and went off on. He was a yes. kick. Yeah. People. Oh yeah. He, 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 I'm, I've, I've never, I don't think I've been blocked by many people, but I'm blocked by him. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I am too for some odd reason <laughs> but i mean that's you know it's kind of like a an enlarged version of what sometimes happens in real life i don't yeah mm-hmm. i mean yep you you you're a victim of a male karen whatever they call those guys i want to call them brocks can we call them brocks brocks sure <laughs> yep i like brock or butch yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think some I think some people just uh, either they don't read a whole tweet or they just they have yeah. something in their head and they're just going to tweet it and they should just take a few minutes and like, you know what, how could this turn out and try and look at it from other <laughs> angles. But I don't think people do that. Nope. No. Um, and it's uh, 
I mean, especially like with the hashtag thing, some people's hashtag game is really fucking Luddite. You know, I mean, it's like they don't know why. What are those things even for? You know? <laughs> well, to let you know what the goddamn tweet is about, you fucking moron. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, subst- substantive conversation aside. Uh, I'm annoying myself because I'm hearing me echo, but hopefully nobody else is. Mm-hmm. No, no. Um, what I said earlier, when it comes to crime fiction, right? When what? When Laurel said, you know, you got to read this guy. It's like, um, well, for one thing, it's coming from Laurel, and if she says that, you usually you got to read that person. Um. Sometimes she screwed me over, but not too I was going to say, there was a qualification there. <laughs> Usually. Yeah. Occasionally she fucks up. But, uh, so that was, I knew that, you know, just on that recommendation that, okay, I need to read Bo Johnson, which I'd already read probably every shotgun honey story you've written. Um, and, uh, the roundabout point I'm getting to is what is it, what is it like to work with down and out? Are they easy guys to work with? And I mean, I kind of know the answers to these questions, but. Oh, um, down and out. Oh, yes, tell they are. That they, experience. Oh, it, it was, a, it's a great experience. It still is a great experience. I just think, uh, Eric, who, who, when I started, he was running it for the first two books, but I think he's taken a little step back. He's mm-hmm. still in it. But I think Lance, his his right hand man, is is running more of the day to day now. I don't know the total split, but I just think Eric started another company, so it's in good hands. And uh, they've always uh, prompt when I have uh, questions, uh, responses to my email. Uh, you know, once in a while, I may be a, a month late on, on on a royalty check or whatever, but nothing nothing to complain about. No. And then uh, the covers, like I've been very fortunate with covers, like. They kick some, they kick some butt. Oh yeah, and they do that with with all their covers kick ass, um, for the most part. But uh, um, they kick some ass on their author choices too. And I mean, they've published you and Angel Louise Cologne and um, Bracken McLeod. Um, and I I know they've published a bunch of women, and I'm remiss in the fact that I can't a single name out of my ass right now but um i always think of it it's like it's kind of like a a bar for me um i write very little crime but what i do write is kind of a bucket list item to actually have that uh down and out logo on a book cover so good on you well thanks man yeah i would i would suggest uh marietta miles jen Connolly. those are some good uh, uh female writers over there at down and out is Nikki Dolson uh, published with them as well, or is her collection through somebody else? Yeah, I think it's through Fahrenheit Press. The, Fahrenheit uh, Press, okay. All, all, well, that's all violent things, and I think her love and other stories, criminal stories, I think that's with Bronzeville. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's interesting to hear, you know, kind of, too, about the crime publishers, too. Is there anybody else that you've worked with or would like to work with or know much about or – well, I've been, uh, man, you're much clearer now. Something happened there. I'm just having a hard time hearing you. But yeah, hmm. uh, uh, no, I've, I've been, you know, approached, but I'm like, I'm always, you know, these guys gave me my shot. So uh, I'm, I'm very loyal. So I'm, I'm going to, until I'm done, I think I'm going to stick with them. 
That's good to hear. That's, I mean, that's yeah. always good when you're able to form that kind of a relationship with a publisher. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. They took a chance on me. It's the least I can do. Well, who, who else do you, I mean, since it's women in horror month, do you have any other uh, female crime authors you'd like to, you'd like to plug? Well, I like Sarah M. Chem, but she hasn't uh, written anything uh, lately. I like her cleaning up Finn. I've always liked that. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, well, I think, uh, I think I read uh, this whispers in the dark. I really enjoyed that <laughs> too. And um, crime by, uh, Samantha Kolsnick. I, I, oh, little, yeah. oh, I really enjoyed that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, uh, that chick who wrote whispers in the dark is a hack though. Don't. Oh, she's so mean. Have you seen oh, so her, ex- her facial expressions? Jesus. Oh, my God. Smile, bitch. Smile. Oh. So here's a fun topic. Um, one of my favorite topics, um, vigilante justice. Mm-hmm. We, all, we all love vigilantes. Um, and Bishop, as like I've said, he was a twisted motherfucker. He is a twisted motherfucker, um, but in a way, he's he's twisted in a in a like Lowell said in a kind of a noble way. And I it's like I hate to make the com- comparison because there isn't one, but it's like I see Bishop older and I see Charles Bronson because that triggering factor that just set him off on this murder spree that goes far beyond. <laughs> uh, Yes, hours. You know. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, well he's a Punisher archetype for sure, and I've I've said it myself, Shane, that uh, Bronson comes to mind for an older Bishop. I've said that myself. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Um. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of original Death Wish, and um, as soon as I got got an inkling of who Bishop was, it's like, okay, I love this guy, but. Uh, Thinking about it, I don't see a lot of people pull that off and make that and make that character be as brutal and vicious and mean as they are so goddamn likable somehow. Mm-hmm. Well, he's had a lot of stuff done to him, so hopefully he's a little bit sympathetic, even though he does these heinous things, right? Yeah. So that, that, that was my goal. I gotta I gotta make him a little bit human. So I try. Yeah, and it also almost makes me feel comfortable with being a serial killer. Like <laughs> almost, yeah. <laughs> but you got to be sympathetic, Shane. So I'm sorry. You got to be. Uh, it's the only way you can get away with it. Yeah. Yeah. That. <laughs> I like the idea of Charles Bronson too, as as the older bishop. I actually just I'm really glad that you went the path, you know, of kind of exploring his older life because. You know, especially like the older I get, I'm like, now nah, I want to see some more like midlife and geriatric uh, stars <laughs> of these things because <laughs> I, I don't want to believe that that I'm going to flame out in two years and be done. <laughs> well, I hope not, Laurel. Since I start to fuck after you can flame out, <laughs> I think you got a little bit more longevity than that in <laughs> personally. I don't know, man. I'm really fucking tired. We'll see. <laughs> But enough about Bo. Let's talk about us. <laughs> yes, please. So, uh, oh, okay. I have to do that once an episode too. Twenty times I forgot what I was talking about. Somebody save me. Um, kind of what you said, Shane, about uh, like how he's able to make Bishop likable. 
you know, even though he does all of these brutal things, um, kind of like tying into that even. Um, but like, how do you handle, you know, violence in your stories? Like there's a lot of things that Bishop does that are extremely brutal, but like it walks that fine line where it's never, you know, like sometimes it could be like too much or like over the top. And even though a lot of this stuff is like very violent, it doesn't feel like overly gratuitous. Like there's more stuff going there inside like Bishop's mind and stuff like that. Um, I was just wondering, you know, like what are your views on like how to utilize violence in your, in stories? Yeah. Just like you said, it's a conscious decision. I do that on purpose. I would say out of all the violence that he does, maybe 10% of mine might be over the top, but I'm always trying to rein it in as much as I can, but give you as much as I can at the same time. I don't want to be gratuitous, but it needs to happen. Sometimes it happens off camera, I say, and sometimes it's right in front of you, yeah. But it's clever. I mean, whether it's off camera like a O'Connor kind of trick or a Jack Ketchum trick, trick of shoving it in your face, it's always clever, you know? It's like... I'm, I immediately found myself looking up um, surplus stores to see if I could get a um, replica hand grenade, for instance, because that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. I, I used that one twice. Twice in, in uh, I would say, I'm almost, I think I just finished story 90. So two times in 90 stories, okay, no problem. Not bad. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm, I, that, was, that was me running myself into a corner, really, that replica grenade. I'm glad I thought of it. Oh, yeah. Cause what a way to blow yourself right the hell out the back of the wall, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that corner's not in my way. <laughs> well, I, I like the – and again, I think I think it's – I mean, it's part of your just kind of natural style with it. But, you know, as you say, like some of it is, is off screen, but I always sort of feel like it's almost like in your peripheral vision. Like it's happening, you see this sort of glancing blow, you go, oh, oh, I guess that is what would happen to a finger in a vice. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, but then it's like, it's not just, it doesn't make, it doesn't force you to focus on it so long. You know, it means, it means that all the action keeps moving. I just think it's a, I think it's very effective. I'm sorry. I probably just keep gushing on it, but. uh, Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Someone's got to stack the bodies like wood. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was referring to with O'Connor there, too, is that why I was reminded that with those scenes where it feels like the violence is happening right before you, but it's really happening off screen, as you say. Um, And she did that in um, A Good Man is Hard to Find to such horrifying effect that um, that story is just etched on my brain. You know, because that was the way that story played out, is that all the killing happened off off screen, but it was just viciously brutal, and you could see every single fucking, you know, <laughs> horrible moment of it. And I, and I thought you did a good job of that. I'm not saying you're Flannery O'Connor, because she was a lot nicer than you, but... Uh, yes, uh, yes, I agree. <laughs> you had better hair, too, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So is so your your next one coming up? That's in July, and that is also from Down and Out Books. Yes. Yeah. And so is that this is more this is more Bishop Ryder short stories? Is it a mix or is it it's all Bishop? It's all Bishop. All right. Yep. It's uh, it's weird how it it's weird how these. I thought I was done with my first book. I thought I was done with my second book, and then thought I was done with my third book because I killed him <laughs> at the end. 
But as I was uh, in the editing process, I had these ideas and all of a sudden I'm writing again and all of a sudden I got another book. It's really weird, but I'll take it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Generally, when I'm trying to write something um, that I thought was a really good idea, that's when I have really good ideas that I really want to write. So it's good when you actually find a really good idea and you can just write it. Yeah, and I've always said uh, writing begets writing begets writing, well, you know, because I'm telling you, I was doing that editing, and so I'm like, almost, I'm still writing, I'm just fine-tuning it and taking what they're, you know, whenever uh, one of my books gets edits, I always say, you know, I believe in editors, you know, they they help you, they make you better, but I can't take it all, I, I go 80-20, I just, that's about what I do, because I'm like, sometimes I'm like, what are they Okay, yes, they know better than me, but at the same time, that's not Bishop's voice. I'm yeah. not, not taking that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's well, that. Did I answer the question? I forgot what the question was. I, there wasn't really a question. Oh, I, was, I was just on a tangent? Okay. You were suggesting what I said, but I do that a lot. Just start rambling and see if somebody can make what I just said make sense. And you did a good job. So. I'd like to be coherent, yeah. <laughs> I just make the guests sound so fucking coherent, everybody thinks I am. Uh, It's your plan all along. (laughs) Everybody listening is going, who thinks he's coherent? (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a really good really good point though too about um about the editing process and kind of i think 80 20 is a really good uh <laughs> really good ratio to go with and yeah i mean especially the and that i feel like again is something that maybe comes more the more confident maybe that you get with it or the more you've done it is the confidence in the voice of the character and, and your voice because i feel like that's one of the biggest risks of of editing um and one of the biggest things to look out for is is someone you know kind of replacing your voice with theirs mm-hmm yeah, like I'll give you a little uh, example. Like in my first book, the the editor that edited it, every time Bishop's partner sh- shows up, it's Batista, or I call him the detective. She wants this little paragraph of who he was to Bishop before Bishop became a killer. And I'm like, no one, no, no one's gonna want to say uh, his <laughs> former partner. I'm like, no, just I'm gonna let this go. So and that was one of the ones we we did a little uh, back and forth, but I ended up getting my way, and I think it was for the best. I think so, too, because it would I mean, that would really alter the flow of it, mm-hmm. you know, totally. and, you, and you're you stay in Bishop's head pretty much the whole time. Yeah. Um, like, uh, go ahead. No, no, that was. Yeah, that was it. So I was just. Yeah, I do stay in his head most of the time. But I do. Uh, another thing with uh, how I write Bishop is there's so much backstory to come to short stories that I just didn't want to keep rehashing the same things. So I created. A known unknown narrator who sometimes will tell I'll put Bishop in his own story as a secondary character and have someone else talk about Bishop. So that worked out too. I, I do that about uh, I think ten or twelve times through his narrative. Yeah, I I like the that was a, again another thing I noticed with Alton to Burn is just that like it's in in a sense it's you know the same subject matter because it's bishop and so it's mm-hmm. you know going to be the thing that he's doing but there is a there's such a variation in theme and in style in it um and in particular one of one of the ones that really stuck out to me that was not actually one of the bishop ones but the one and I wish uh, the the title is escaping me but you basically break the fourth wall um in in oh, describing wow. the you know the sort of slasher scene that's going and then you know yeah talking as the author i just thought that was i thought that was really great how, for how your consideration 
Yes, 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 yeah, that was it. Thanks, yeah. People seem to really enjoy that story. It was fun to write, yeah. And it, it really came from uh, being rejected. Everybody deals with rejection when you're a writer. And I wrote a story about, well, I'm going to write a story about someone rejecting this story. Is it going to work this time? And telling them about that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, because I was wondering where that came mm-hmm. from. But that's that's mm-hmm. a really effective Way to way to do that, and then like not kill off the you know the rejecting editor in it. That was mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. a healthier way to deal you know with. What? That. Now that I think about it, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and I mean, uh, it's interesting. I'd love hearing the the source of people's ideas when they're actually able to pinpoint. Because I know, at least for me, I can't always pinpoint where it came from, but. Like that, like Laurel all the time, we'll be talking about something, and she'll go, fuck, and the next thing you know, you're beta reading a fucking killer story. And it's like, what the fuck? I said spaghetti. <laughs> but it was the way you said it. You said yeah. It was the way you said it. The tone is everything, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, so do you tend to, um, do you tend to, to, write to any like open calls for short stories or you, or is it more just like you you stick with what yeah and then you submit to the you know to like shotgun honey and the places like that yeah i'm I mean, usually i've always been a what if guy you know so i i've really never written to to spec but uh i am since i've been writing uh these books it's not i, I don't get uh published much anymore like at one time i think I, out of the gutter i had 40 stories in there and then nine or 10 at shotgun and then spelk. But the last few years I've been writing for the books. So I do have one out there for shotgun honey, actually, but uh, it hasn't been much publishing in the last couple of years. Just I had sites anyways. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're collecting for a collection, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You had a pretty killer story on there just the other day, didn't you? Oh, well, that one was from a few, I think from 2017, Free, uh, free Food and Bean Bags. But yeah. yeah I, I really enjoyed writing that story. Yeah. And that's another story that, like I've always said, Bishop stories have the quality to to create or spawn off a prequel or a sequel. I'm very fortunate that I can sometimes get three stories out of one story. But that Free Food and Bean Bags came from another story about a guy who put a guy's son in a tank with a snake and watched him get eaten. And that's sort of how that free fruit and beanbag spawn from that story. It's always nice how stories can, can roll like that. Um, yeah. Okay. Now I have to go find that one because that what? sort of glancing reference to it, you know, right. Oh, the, but, yeah. The snake. All you, to, you only have to do is break the shoulders and like, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and all men slide. Yeah. <laughs> I think I want to, I, man, there's just so many stories. I think that one's in my first collection, that one about the the guy in the glass case. Okay. Well, I will go back and look for that. Because, yeah. Yeah, that, um, that one on Shotgun Honey, I, I love that one. I think I told Laura, like, without spoiling it, like, something about that ending, like, like I almost cheered. <laughs> That's how good it was. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. And actually, if, I'll give you a little tidbit. The bad guy in there, who, or the father who takes the rocket launcher to Mapone at the end, Mapone survives and becomes the guy that takes Ryder's leg. It was really weird how it connected, but it did. Oh, that's awesome. Do you have like a 
like a big like chart of all of these killers and how they can act. Well, yeah. <laughs> funny you should say that, but I, like I said, I, I'm a pantser, but uh, about the middle of the second book, I had to I had to start this little flow chart for past or post leg and pre leg, and so there's names on either side of the board that because I just don't want to contradict myself, right? There's yeah. probably always going to be mistakes, but if I can stop them, I'm going to stop them. Yeah, I think you'd have to. Well, and that's the thing. It's like it's I, I haven't noticed any mistakes. Mostly what I notice is just like you said, it's like they all kind of like come back around to meet each other and all these relationships. So because I've had a I had a question uh, actually just last week about the new book and is there going to be a, a main villain? And I'm like, well, Bishop is the villain. You know, <laughs> he, he just he kills all these guys. There's no really there's there's the guy that killed uh, Bishop's sister and mother. And then there's some big ones along the way, you know, like Kincaid or Oram Apone, but no one like uh, a nemesis per se. It's, it's the actual pedophiles and rapists of the world that are, you know, the big bad. Yeah. Which gives you kind of endless, you know, fodder. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Um. I had a question that I really wanted to ask, and I had written it down, but it was something about, you know, Canadian people and what's so strange about them. Yes. Um, no, not really. It was – that did actually bring it back, though, um, so it worked. Uh, I, I, when I think of crime writers and Canadians, um, I can't think of a lot of really, really hardcore crime writers. Do you have – I mean, obviously, you're Canadian. If there if there are good ones that exist, I feel like you're gonna know some good ones to look up. Well, Sam Weeby, I like, but uh, I can't. Say, besides him, I I just I I have to say I'm like uh, more of an American uh, reader. I can't say that I seek out. If I have to find a Canadian writer, I'll, I'll uh, and I read a review and I like it, and I'll read it. But I'm just usually I, when I found this crime writing community that I'm part of now, it seems the majority of you guys are American, and I'm I'm a, I'm not the only Canadian. Don't get me wrong, but it just seems I read more American crime than anything. Yeah, that well, that makes sense too, though, because I mean, Americans are kind of a bunch of amoral motherfuckers, so we set the bar for crime. <laughs> we just got to get you guys healthcare, free healthcare, right? <laughs> Jesus. Especially with all this killing going on. <laughs> yeah, gun reform and free healthcare. Let's work on that. Yeah. Yes. All, all of the above. Well, I'm glad you touched kind of on the crime community there because it's it's one of the things that I've, um, you know, just really Twitter can be so interesting. But uh, primarily for me, it's been a very positive experience, you know, meeting other writers and meeting readers and, and the kind of community. So I, if you I'd like it if you want to talk some about the crime community and how you got involved and what your role in is, is in it now. Sure. Well, I've never seen myself as having a role. But like I said, at the beginning when I first started out and I was green and I was asking people how, you know, getting blurbs and how do you promote your book and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, Marietta Miles, Sarah and Chen. And then I went to this conference called BoucherCon and uh, like Angel, Louise, Colleen, uh, Scott, uh, Jeremy and Nick Corpon, they took me at this greenhorn. They took me out for dinner and, and drinks and they didn't have to do that. So I just wanted to like I said, give, give my thanks and give back. And I started with those picks, rolled into Bo's Book Nook, which rolled into not Bo's Book Nook. And it just snowballed in, into whatever this is. And uh, But 
if I can dovetail into Twitter, uh, I've had a great experience with Twitter too. The last couple of months have been a little rocky, a little different. Like I found a couple of assholes on there, but, uh, last Thursday, I don't know what happened, but they got me on Twitter and they had this O day <laughs> or whatever. And like, holy shit. Man. I loved about, that. <laughs> talk about humbling. That was uh, quite a surprise. So it was I, went to a, I, went, I went to a workshop the night before with Gabino Iglesias. And at the end, he gives me a little shout out. He says, you watch Bo tomorrow. And I thought he was talking about uh, not Bo's book neck because it usually comes out on Thursdays. So I'm like, wow, I'm getting some, some free press for not Bo's book neck. Oh, I didn't know what was coming. Because at 6.30, I'm like, what's – and then by the third time, the third one that came in, by 7 o'clock, I'm like, something's going on here. It's a nice surprise. It was great because it's like my feed all day was like people, you know – Yep. Doing the doing the whole thing at the beginning with the oh here's the camera yeah, absolutely. Just absolutely loved doing it. my little shtick yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that camera always sneaks up on me yeah but you know that's something though um, speaking of you know in a roundabout way coming back to book nook is um, I call a lot of people book reviewers I call a lot of people booktubers I call a lot of people bookstagrammers you know and whatnot but with you, I don't know that I would call you more of a champion of great fucking dark fiction, you know. Um, well, thanks. I, I class myself as I say I'm a booster. I'm, I'm not a. Re- There's much better reviewers out there than me, but right. I will give. I will tell you if I like something, and that's and I'll, I'll boost it. That's about all I can say. But but that's a good. Th- I mean, I'm the same way. You. Uh, good luck finding a negative review for me unless it's of a movie because I love to trash movies. <laughs> um, oh yes we have with to trash books, movies yeah but with books if i don't like them i just move on yeah i i will i will still leave a review uh i won't tag the person but because you know what we're writers and we'll find it if we want to find it yep. but uh uh if it's positive i'm all about positive and i will send it out there and you know what if someone doesn't like it uh, i will try and remember that and i won't tag him in the next one but if it's positive i'm gonna i'm gonna tag yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm 56 years old, and I'm too fucking old to waste time with bad books. So I generally just don't finish them. <laughs> yeah, yeah I've, uh, I would say in my reading career, I would say I've only not finished, I want to say, five books. And yeah. I've probably, I want to say, 20 subpar books that I didn't, didn't connect with, I say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah, I just don't. I was not born with a patience button anywhere. So I start reading. I get 50 pages, and if it's still making me want to chew on glass, I just toss it and forget uh, about no, it. Good. I, I I give it double. I give it 100. But yeah. 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 So everybody. I like reading Lillian George's Rage Read reviews <laughs> i haven't read i haven't read those oh man sci-fi and scary um it, they're fun too they were actually like when i was first trying to figure out you know the any of this and getting reviews and things like that they were one of the first places i reached out to and um they did a review but in the meantime while i was like waiting you know on tenterhooks to see what they would say uh all this stuff just blows up with some badly behaving author um, who didn't like his review and attacked the, you know, the reviewer. And anyways, oh. they're fun because Lily and George gives no fucks. Uh, so, you know, and it's, and it, it's and one of their, their reviews are called rage reviews. 
Well, she will do that some. Yeah. I mean, she'll it's it's kind of fun because she'll just sort of have a thing where and I feel like she's very open minded and she you know, she likes a lot of stuff. Um, but most of the time something becomes problematic for her and also for, you know, a couple of the other reviewers. If it's like, you know, really sexist or mm-hmm. really, you know, just a lot of that problematic stuff that's not recognized or dealt with, you know. Right. Um, and then it just becomes instead of, oh, I don't want to finish this. It's like, I'm so angry. I'm going to rage read this so that I can rage review it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I it's imagine. Are they called? I want to look. I want to look them up. Yeah. 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 I'll have to find because what what they do is, well, you know, what, Eliza's had a couple lately. I'll send you links to those because they're fun. Sure. But, sounds good. Yeah. There, I, I, I am not somebody who tends to, you know, write um, negative reviews again, just because I, I also, mm-hmm. I kind of have been able to curate a lot of what I read now. Yeah. Um, so that's a plus, but I do, I, yeah, I think there's, I think there's merit, um, even when they're directed at me, because, yeah. <laughs> you know, nobody's perfect. So, yeah. and it's all, uh, it's all subjective, but. Yeah. Uh, and that's yeah, but, something, like, yeah, for sure. Something, like I say, something I like. You guys might not like, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It is subjective for sure. And sometimes though too, it was like I stopped doing when I early on I did both critical and um, positive reviews, but um, I had a few bad experiences where people just you know really thought I should have loved their book and given it five stars and recommended it for film and you know and um, I literally had a couple of people. Um, that I wouldn't have expected it from uh, block me and unfriend me. And, you know, it's like, after that, I was like, yeah, you know, that's kind of a thankless, ungrateful fucking attitude to have. So I'm just not going to do that anymore. Oh, you it know? shows more yeah. about their character than yours. Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. yeah. But I do, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that, that that's kind of been, uh, mm-hmm. you know, your experience too, um, Bo, that, that it's been primarily, you know, positive within the community yeah. and everything. There are definitely, and I mean, you know, we don't have to touch on it too much if you don't want to, but I, I will say that I appreciate that you, I mean, and you are, your reputation and every, everything that I've interacted with you mm-hmm. on, you're a super nice guy. Um, but I appreciate that you're also capable of being like, you know, this behavior is unacceptable and please go fuck yourself. And, yeah. you know, yes. I just, <laughs> I think, I have to I hold think in that's my, I have to hold in my Canadian rage sometimes when I've done a couple of those videos where I'm like, you know what? I have no other alternative. I'm not dealing with this yeah. daily. So, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're a man after my own heart, except for it takes you longer to, takes you longer to boil over. It takes me 30 seconds. <laughs> but can we now have an yeah, I take, I take a good range. minute, yeah. What was <laughs> that? Canadian <laughs> I take a good minute, yeah. Yep. I, uh, I do want an anthology now called Canadian Rage. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Canadian. Killer Canucks. Canucks, sorry. <laughs> yeah, everybody says I say a, a boot when I say about, but I don't hear it, but you guys probably do. I love that about people around mm-hmm. the Toronto area is that you catch a little bit of that a boot. Yeah. But. It's not hardcore. I, I knew a woman who literally didn't know that OU had a different sound than OO. So really, yeah. I mean, she just had such a hardcore accent that it was just if there was an OU in there, it was going to be completely ooh. 
Yeah. <laughs> Again, Kentuckian is not going to say anything about anything right no. now. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Versailles. Yes, it is Versailles. Versailles, yes. Yes, apparently. <laughs> uh, so what else are you doing, Bo? What else am I doing? Yeah. Well, I'm, re- I'm reading uh, Lockdown right now, which is a collection of uh, an anthology uh, of COVID or uh, related stories uh, by Polis Books, uh, edited by Nick Kolakowski and uh, Steve Weddle. And uh, that's uh, those stories are kicking my ass. And uh, I knew that uh, Nick had contacted me, I don't know, a year ago or maybe less. And he said, uh, I think I'm going to put you in a story. Do you want to die? I'm like, yes, as grizzly as I can. And I came across the story last week. Oh, my God. He turned me into ground chuck, but he gave me a gold tooth. Oh, it was so fun to read. That's awesome. <laughs> when that happens, it's a, it's, a, it's a great humbling feeling when somebody murders you, though. It is. It is. Alan Baxter murdered me and a bunch of other people, and it was glorious. I had yeah. Uh, <laughs> which which, which uh, book was that? Uh, the Rue. Oh, The yeah. Rue, okay. I just <laughs> yeah. read, uh, read his uh, Manifest Recall. I, I enjoyed that. Oh, yeah. Good oh, book. yeah. That one and the uh, sequel is great. Um, oh, there's a sequel to it, yeah? Yeah, the title's escaping me at the moment. Um, yeah, he just released it last year. Um, if you want to read the best book Alan Baxter has ever written, in my opinion, pick up The Gulp. The Gulp, yeah, the new one with five stories in it? Yeah, with the novellas in it, yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. No uh, I'll give you a little hit, if anybody listens to this, the six people. Um, Alan Baxter is <laughs> going to be on Not Bo's Book Nook very soon. Oh, really? Very cool. He's going to be here, too, as soon as I get my ass in gear and schedule him again. <laughs> okay, well, I think he's uh, he's two two weeks away. So right if he's in between that, you can give him a little uh, a little hint. Yeah. Yeah, tell him well, when he's when he's up there in Canada, he can take a hop down here and talk to us too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you speaking of you, you mentioned you had been to BoucherCon. Is that is that something that you do that you're able to do? Or are you going to hit up any of the cons when it's safe again? Uh, well, only, you know, it just, it costs too much money to, mm-hmm. uh, fly. So it, that one that in 2017 was in Toronto. So it was, oh, okay. uh, it was an, only an hour away. You know, it's still, with staying in the hotel, it still was over a thousand dollars. So you had airfare onto that, the exchange. It's just, it's just too much with, with kids and, 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 and wife. I know we have a business mm-hmm. and some people think that we're like millionaires, but we're not. We're just no. we're making do, right? So. Yeah. So I just I, I can't go to uh, those uh, cons. I wish I could, but I think I hear in twenty twenty three that is coming to Niagara Falls. Oh, nice. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go to that one. Yeah. Oh. I need to go, but I'm in the same boat. Cons are far far out of my reach. It's like I can't I can barely afford to go to a bar con in my own city. So. Hmm. And <laughs> the, the best part really of these cons, I've only been to one, but the best part was the bar. Yep. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the only part. I went to all the panels, and I'm just like, I wish I was at the bar right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and that's where the fun is happening. Trust me. It was, me. yes, yeah. If there are crime or horror writers involved, you're gonna find some fun in the bar. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, well, uh, I can't see my clock because I don't have my glasses on, so I guess we're doing good on time. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've been about an hour. Um, so I already asked you what your, uh, or Laurel already asked you about the things you've got coming up next. Do you have other things that you desperately want people to know about you, your work, your life, your love? Um, well, I'm done having kids. So my wife's happy about that. Uh, but I, I am working on a, a little something. I'm calling it uh, right now. It's called Old Man Rider. And it would be the mm. fifth and final uh, Rider book. It would be all Rider stories too, but that would be the end of Rider's line. So I'm working on that right now. So we'll see what happens. All right. A whole Charles Bronson-themed book. Yeah. And I mean, I get to th- I get to imagine him looking that way for an entire fucking book. That's just <laughs> awesome. Because <laughs> I, I wrote a story in this this new book that's coming out, uh, brand new dark called Old Man Rider, and I just couldn't get the title out of my head, and so that's how where the title came for this this new book. Yeah. I love that though. I I love yeah. that focus. That's I'm I'm excited about that. I, I love Bishop Rider. I love that he has for- his own. Well, thank you. It probably won't be for a couple of years, but we'll see. And I love that you, I love that you, like Laurel said earlier, bring the older as well as the younger character into it. You know, just I guess just because I'm an old fuck, but <laughs> you know, it's just you don't see that very much. Everybody's character is their age, you know, and they're all lying and saying they're 35. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? they're always 35 aren't they yeah, yeah. mine mine might be i might be 35 when i started the damn thing right <laughs> it just takes me a long time it's funny though because then i'm working on this rewrite right now and i i had to i had to go back and do a lot of work on the main character because she has a kid but i hadn't had a kid yet when i wrote her the first time Mm-hmm. And I went back and reread it. I was like, you chipper bitch. None yeah, of this makes chip. any fucking sense. <laughs> you obviously have never fucking done this before. <laughs> Come down where you belong. Yeah. I always joke that our, our third our third boy is my favorite because he's the only one that slept through the night. You know? But, oh. yeah. The other ones were up yeah. every two hours. Oh, yeah. man. I don't, you don't know how you do it sometimes. No. I lucked out. Two of my kids um, were night sleepers. They slept all the way through and, and often slept in. But one of my kids was like a three-hour-a-night sleeper and then, get your ass up, I'm pissed off! <laughs> 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 and there's no denying that call. <laughs> I remember the first time that one of the, my first boy, he, his nap, you know, the naps in the daytime are like an hour, two hours. You know, and he sleeps for four hours. I'm like, is he dead? Is he dead? <laughs> you know, first time parent, right? Yeah. I did with my son, too. I had to get slept so hard and so long, I'd have to go in and put my hand on him every now and then. Yeah. Wait, yeah. Teeth, you know, uh, that's just new parent things, you know. And, yeah. I, and I have a right to be paranoid. My ex-wife lost him under the bed, so. Oh, uh, that must have been scary. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, she was a new parent too. I'll give her that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, another thing about sons and Laurel will find this out. I have a feeling just seeing pictures of her son is that they grow up and if you're lucky, they take after someone really big in your family. 
And when they're my son's age, suddenly they're your fucking bodyguards and you don't ever have to worry again because my son is like six foot five and weighs about 290 pounds. And, uh, you have Built three bodyguards. Yep, you have three of them. I you'll do, look, yeah. You'll look important. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do love when they participate in, in, the, in the photo sessions. Oh. They, yeah, there's only there's only one picture where I got all three because when I started doing them, my oldest was must have been 14 or 15, and he was at the point where like whatever, dad, no, yeah. So, but the two youngers, they they still to this day they'll they'll do it with me. So they're 14 and 16, so I'm happy. But I do have that one uh, Stephen King picture with all three of them in it that I cherish. Oh yeah, me too. I did. I had never seen that or heard of it, but that sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, um, and I'm wondering, Bill, because uh, that hearing you guys talk about that stuff, it made me think of one of your stories. And I was wondering if that's kind of like you know, fatherhood is kind of what inspired you. Um, my kingdom for offense. That story. That was uh one of oh, the man. stories that I really loved from. Uh, all of them to burn and it was a little bit different than a lot of the other stories but i kind of loved that and like kind of that father-son connection throughout it well th- thanks rich but uh I'll, I'll tell you we uh every year because our business is seasonal we can't take the kids anywhere for summer vacation so we close down the boats in an uh, end of september and so in october we take them uh up north farther up north and we call it the great canadian adventure so we went uh like sort of uh, camping, but we stay in a hotel because my wife likes a hotel. <laughs> and uh, we go uh, uh, hiking. And as you can see, that's where the story came from. My youngest mm-hmm. was running, like in the story, but it wasn't as, as steep a grade. But I'm like, what if I lose this kid? And I scream at him, just wait for us. And that's how the, the genesis of that story. Oh, God. Yeah. Mm. No, I mean, that was really effective because I feel yeah. like you know it's uh, we have and i mean i don't know people do it all the time and no one seems to die from it but it's like we have this big natural bridge thing that's like this giant stone you know bridge and i go climb up it and there's like toddlers running around and i'm like they fall over for no reason why do you have them <laughs> yeah. why are they several up there? hundred feet in the air what is going on here well, I don't know if I'm going to be that person that's got my kid on a leash when he's 30, but for <laughs> the love, like, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. um, I just pictured Laurel walking around with that 30 year old giant on a leash. Oh, this, <laughs> is my, this is my firstborn. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he can pretty much already bench press me. He won't stay on a fucking leash. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He'll be fine. I think so. Yes. Yeah, but no, I I loved that story. That was very, yeah, yeah deeply terrifying. <laughs> well, yeah, it, as a parent, it, yes, thanks. It is. It is. Yeah. I just and I even wrote it uh, over that weekend, right in the hotel. I said, I, I got to go in the bedroom. Just leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> Dad needs some time. Yeah. And they they listened. Yeah, they listened. Well, they have their phones. They have their games, right? So yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it's uh, and and I write on my phone. Like I've I've written two and a half books on my phone now, right? So, oh wow, yeah, yeah. that's so interesting that you say that because I had I forget where 
I mean, it was kind of convenience, but I also, I think, heard someone else mention it on a podcast about how, like, I, I kind of do that with stories that I work on because it seems like since you always have it there, it's a little bit easier. Like, if inspiration strikes you, you know, you can kind of just either enter the notes or, you know, if you're waiting for something, you could sneak in some writing time. Yeah. So it's cool to hear that, like, <laughs> basically I'm two sorry. books on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like mine was I, in uh, July of 2017, my first book came out, and I think it was July 30th. I was playing Ultimate Frisbee with my kids and my nephews, and I started running like I was 24 instead of 44, and I, <laughs> I started to fall and tried to tuck and roll, and I broke my collarbone. Oh. So I, oh. I was in a chair for 10 – I couldn't sleep in a bed, so I was in a chair for 10 weeks. No. I broke half a book and gained 40 pounds. <laughs> so it was, it was quite fun. But now I just can't go back to writing like I used to write. So I write on my phone and then I just transfer it to the computer and then I edit from there. Hmm. That's interesting because I, I just can't do that. I tried it. I read on my phone mm-hmm. and I write on my Kindle. Yeah. So I figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, here. It, it, everybody's different. Yeah. I just yeah, I never I thought I'd write on a phone, but. You know, I fought up the phone forever. I, this phone I have is only five years old, right? My wife said, yeah, it's time to, you know, <laughs> welcome to the, you know, 2000s. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I confess, I just I just really started learning how to use my cell phone the last couple of years. Um, honestly, what happened is Josh Mailerman said, call me. Like, okay, how do I do this? You needed to get a phone, yeah? I had a phone, but I had to ask my wife what to do. <laughs> I'm just sitting here worried like about everyone's eyes. I, I fought social media, too. I wasn't on Facebook till six years ago, and I think I got on Twitter four years ago, but I just I opened an account, and I didn't get back onto it till 2018. But you know what? I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I love Twitter with a passion. Only time I use Facebook anymore is to talk to my kids on Messenger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Twitter is useful for both you can both um curating your friends a little bit safer um and it's also really good for um self-promotion without seeming like a dick if you use it right. <laughs> um and super super good for lifting up the others in our community who need the lift too so yeah absolutely i trash talk social media but um mostly when i do that i'm joking you know sometimes i get pissed at them but yeah it it is what you make of it right there's going to be bad there's gonna be good but i i didn't know you could mute words till recently so i'm like oh i muted all these words i'm so it's like i got a whole different feed (laughs) i didn't know you could do that I discovered words. Uh, you can mute words. You can mute people. You can mute conversations. It's like, oh fuck, Shane found heaven. Yeah, <laughs> I about the muting people and and the blocking, but I didn't know you could mute certain words so you wouldn't see those tweets. That's mm-hmm. ingenious. Now an edit button, though. Everybody complains about that, and I agree. I would yeah. Love that yeah. Same here. Yeah. I. Uh, I've never, it's like I haven't seen a post with the word Trump in the last four years, so. Oh, good for you. Yeah, that was the first word I ever learned how to mute. Yeah, I started to call him <laughs> the, the, orange, the orange turd because I just didn't want to type yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. You see, Canadians are so fucking polite. That orange piece of shit. Are you kidding me? 
I wish somebody would step in him and then wash him off. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he's something. Oh my god. Shane Shane chose his class. <laughs> Dude, what are you doing on my show, being all fucking classy and shit, man? He's a piece of shit. <laughs> no. <laughs> Uh, oh God. Nah. Um. Well, I am gonna have to bail because I have to do that thing I always have to do on Saturday night and cook for my wife. Well, that's uh, nice. Good. Good. But, well, I do it every damn night of the week. It's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh. no, no, no. I gotta go to work. Yeah, I got you. Then. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it was uh, nice meeting you uh, in voice. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. And and the same same to you, man. I've wanted to talk to you for a long time, but I'm kind of slow that way. So it took Laurel slapping us upside our heads to say, "Hey, what about Bo?" Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've actually been talking about we've been talking about having you on for quite a while now. Um, I'm glad we finally got to have you on, and I hope that we can have you on again. You know, like every single time you publish it, um, article. I'd, I'd be honored, yes. <laughs> but yeah, well, we definitely want you to come back when you have more work coming out to talk about and for us to help you draw Absolutely. Attention. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I, I'm free in June. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, yeah, because you're, you're, you're about to release them. Yeah, so yeah. remind for, us again the, the release date on July 12th. July 12th. Okay. So July 12th, right. out through Down and Out Books, um, all new dark. And, Our uh, brand new dark. Oh, dang it. That's I knew okay. I was going to fuck something up. Yeah. That's brand new okay. dark. Um, and then go, go back and, uh, and pick up all the Bishop Rider stuff mm-hmm. that came before. Catch up before the release comes out. Yeah. I agree. I highly, highly, highly recommended by, uh, the entire Ink Heist Triumvirate. So, uh, Bo Johnson. Like Laurel said, buy all his books. Listen to his um, mini reviews on Twitter. Find something to love. Um, Bo always ends those things with fun was had. And, well, Bo, fun was had, brother. It was. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Okay, bye, Rich. Yep. Bye, Laurel. Bye. Bye, Bo. Have a good one. Have you a too. good bye night. Bye. Yeah. See ya. Bye. Is somebody going to hang the fucking thing? <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.